0: What is up, my
1: people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do, to do that than by the power of conversation? Mark Francis and in the host seat once again, joining us to my right, your audience watching left, Miss Alicia Vitalia. You consistently <laughs> belittle me and berate me for mispronouncing your name. <laughs> And it's, I know how to say it, mm-hmm. and I just intentionally do it just to annoy you. Mm-hmm. How about that?
2: Yeah. After eight years yes. of being in community group <laughs> with Mark Francis, he still pronounces the G. I like a little oh. bit of a G. The G is silent. I,
1: I just like, I, I, I just like feel lasagna. like.
2: Like lasagna, it, battaglia. There's no G There's sound. There's no G sound. So. But...
1: I like to give it a little bit of a Battaglia, just kind of like just. A, but that's just,
2: not my name. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness! Okay, it's not so, your name. So, so
2: you're Mark Frankis from okay, now on. Good.
1: Well, what's your maiden name? Perry. Oh, that's easier. It's very easy. Okay. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. did, we, did you have to get taught how to pronounce your name, or did you just instinctively? No, pick I, it, it was up?
2: very easy because I've known my husband Andy Battaglia mm-hmm. since I was twelve. So.
1: So you heard Um, everyone around them pronounce the name properly.
2: So it was never an issue.
0: That's a good Irish name. Yeah, right? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's not an Irish name. (laughs) No, it's not. Speaking
1: from somebody who is Irish, Mm. yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Senior Pastor Mark Carey, what's your heritage?
0: Uh, Carey. Where where does Carey come from? Probably County Carey in Ireland. My Mm. great-great-great-great-grandfather, Francis Carey. Came uh, through the port of entry in Philadelphia in 1809. You want to hear the rest? Yes. We're we're (laughs) fascinated now. Do
2: you have your genealogy (laughs) all laid out in your back pocket?
0: Yeah, well, the the bottom line is we all came from Adam. That's right. As Paul said in Acts chapter 17, Mm -hmm. from one man, he's created all the nations.
1: Bring it spiritual right away. I love it. (laughs) I was going to maybe make the segue of Greece and Athens, and there's plenty of people from Europe that, you know, emigrated over from Europe to here with all the, the, we're the melting pot, Mm -hmm. right? And Athens was somewhat of a melting pot at at that time as well. I I just want to go straight to you, Mark, because there is a lot to unpack. Alicia, I know I want to hear your thoughts as well, but going to kind of some additional thoughts that you didn't get a chance to unpack or explain from the sermon. We're in acts 17 still, um, where where Paul is in Athens and gives his sermon on Mars Hill. So, um, Lead us away here with what thoughts you have that you want to elaborate on
0: well, one thing is um, whenever you're studying a passage, you always want to keep going after what what's the author's intent when, when Luke wrote this what what was he saying what what would his his audience have understood, what did he want to convey under divine inspiration, authorial intent um, so, so you don't read into a passage what's not there. You always want to exegete out of a passage mm-hmm. what the author intended. Narrative literature is a little different. It's not didactic. It's 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 you know. So okay, why are you telling us this story? Why include this story? And what what um, what's the value of this story? Um, so that we can bring out relevant applications to our own life and our own. Uh, uh, Context, context of, of our life. Um, <clears throat> I think, I I think what Luke he included this story. So you have to ask yourself, w- what would the applications of this story be? Why, in his intended audience, as he's writing this, what did he want the people he's writing to get out of that story? Mm-hmm. And then, what would that be for us? Mm-hmm. So the application should, in ideally, fit the context. And same with us. I departed from that, and it's I guess preaching uh, license to to do that to a certain certain extent. I didn't focus on, in terms of application, um, what probably Luke intended, Mm -hmm. which I think is to show in the argument of Acts. In the grand scheme of things, the movement from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria—again, the triumph of the Mm -hmm. gospel—to the uttermost part of the world, and we're getting more and more to the uttermost part, at least in that time. And and Athens was such a unique place because of the cultural milieu of the day, the of the and its history and the philosophers and he mentions the Epicureans and the Mm -hmm. Stoics and all this conglomeration of thought and and history and all the stuff that made Athens Athens and I think I think you could legitimately say Luke was trying to convey um, using Paul as that example um, how Paul contextualized his message I did bring that up Mm -hmm. a little bit Um, how he um, understood his audience he, in a sense, adapted his message yeah. to that audience. Uh, you see, you're religious people. You got, the, you know, there's an unknown God. And and um, so I I think that was instructive. And I think as Luke is writing this, he's giving some examples to that first century audience that's going to read this letter, Theophilus, and uh, that he writes to and, mm-hmm. and, and us today is, how can we contextualize the gospel message without compromising the gospel message? So... It, Number one, Paul's ability to take to understand his audience contextualize the message to that audience. Number two, he never compromised again the message. He talked about Jesus, talked about the resurrection. He didn't back away from that. He was bold in that, and so you you, you never want to uh, so.
2: And he also went to the Jews first in the synagogue, which he, was he, his custom, a standard, which is to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. And That's so right. We see him not compromising. His giving of the message in that way either. Both ways. Right.
0: And the third thing maybe is for our first century audience or for Theophilus or for us today, though, Luke is conveying the boldness that Mm. Paul never backed down. He was not intimidated by this this austere, uh, uh, brilliant minds of the university, of the academy that was there in Athens. And he held his own and he was bold Mm. proclaiming Christ. Even though he did it in a way that was contextualized for that audience, I think those are things, and we could have spent the the rest of the the time in the sermon. Mm-hmm. I think making those applications of how we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Who's our audience? Mm-hmm. Your neighbors, your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know what what you know if you're if you're um, sharing with a a, a group of um, of young men, maybe, or, or or with one with a young man, and you find out that he is a um, sports enthusiast you might talk about uh you know something related to that as opposed to talking about art or drama you know Mm -hmm. or if you're talking about talking to someone who plays in the symphony you might make some you know you 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 try to find that Mm -hmm. those common grounds Mm -hmm. so we could have talked about that and Mm -hmm. end the sermon that way i didn't and um so I think a good question is, why didn't you? Yeah,
1: uh, that's what I'm going to say. So those you just pointed out the pretty obvious applications of what you can see in
0: this passage. Which I but think, I, again, were probably the ones are the primary applications that Luke intended. For the audience. And, and you should go there first. Mm-hmm. There, I think there are mm-hmm. primary, if not singular, uh, applications or, or an application that was intended by the author. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you bring those out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there are there are secondary I think mm-hmm. there's certainly secondary applications that we can can mm-hmm. a, 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 and, and build other scriptures around. So then you're
1: asking mm-hmm. yourself that question, so why to why go to idolatry for our congregation in this time and place today? Yeah. What what
0: from the passage kind of what drew that uh, out well, in your mind? Well, I have mind? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> other than um yeah, I don't I don't I, I'm not sure. You know, the, the the spiritual answer is to say I f- sense the Holy Spirit leading that way. Mm-hmm. But you know that 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 can be kind of a overdone. Over- well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, the Spirit told me to do it, and that gets you <laughs> off the hook then <laughs> of not being uh, biblical in your uh, either in your interpretation or your application. I do think um, it struck me that um, of the idolatry of. Athens, that it was everywhere. And it struck me how provoked Paul was. Luke writes that. There mm-hmm. was something there was a provocation. There yeah. was something that stirred.
2: It was distressing to him it was because distressing. whereas when you would go into Athens, normally <clears throat> probably the first response would be to, to be impressed, like, wow, look at the city. But rather than being impressed, he was distressed. That's
0: right. Something he he, he had such an acute awareness of the Holiness of God mm-hmm. of the greatness of God, which comes out in his message. Right. He starts with mm-hmm. the Creator, you see that, mm-hmm. yeah, and he 's pointing yeah. people to this this transcendent God who 's yet very imminent. Um, it was distressing, it was troubling, it m- might have been even been disgusting and and uh, um, it angered him to see and this
2: it's probably uh, i was thinking back to chapter 14 when uh he and barnabas are um, speaking to them concerning the zeus and hermes and he when he's um in that passage he yes. starts again similarly yes very with similar god chapter being, 14 yeah mm-hmm. being creator and um and then you should turn from these vain things to a living god so he's speaking repentance so it's this this Language that is something that you know they can understand. It's it's in their terms, but it's also this message of, the, um, their repent so that you can embrace this true God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, so so that so that led me into thinking is that we we are just as as much an idolatrous society as the ancient Athenians were. Mm. We don't have temples everywhere, or statues, or other you know, parts of the world do. Other parts of the world do. Yeah, uh, and one of my messages, I mentioned being in India, yeah. with the, the land of 330 million gods mm-hmm. everywhere. But, but, but then again, as I got thinking, well, yes, we are. We we, we, there, the, the, we are equally in danger of mm-hmm. idolatrous mindsets and behaviors and then that first john five passage yes. where he talks about this you know the true god you you're you know you're in jesus christ you know him and then the last little phrase of first of the, of the epistle is my little children keep you know,
2: yourselves from idols
0: keep yourself from idols yeah so i just sensed that this was a message that needed to be directed in terms of application about we can point our finger at all the idolatrous um uh, stupidity, foolishness mm-hmm. around us that we raise in this society, in our society days. But even um, John warned, yeah. Peter warned, judgment begins with the household of God. So that's where I made the transition mm-hmm. with the well, time that I had, you know, in a message yeah. after explaining a passage. And then you want a direct application. This is where I, I and the other thing was, so Paul was provoked. That was stirred. And then he ended his message talking about the judgment. Mm-hmm. God has fixed a date mm-hmm. that there's yeah. coming judgment. Mm-hmm. And he's making these connections. And uh, it just was, a for, in my mind, there's a, there's a normal link here, a, an understandable link with the judgment seat of Christ with a warning against our own idolatry, making him first and foremost. We cannot impart what we're not possessing. And if mm-hmm. we're not possessing our God in the highest form If there's idolatry in our own life, uh, don't be pointing your finger at a society that is naturally going to gravitate to demonic, uh, idolatrous actions. Judgment begins with the household God. So that's where I went. Still went overtime. Thank you for being sensitive to the the Spirit. Still went overtime. (laughs) That was the problem. But there was no other time to put in some of these other applications about contextualizing our message. Well, that's why we're here. Uh, So let's
1: unpack that idolatry a little bit more. I mean, there's other passages we can look at. There's other Things. I mean, my first thought is yes, us as Christians, we can cast judgment. We can say, well, we don't have those temples, we don't have those idols, you know, we don't have figurines around our church, so therefore, it doesn't apply to us. So, how do we make that? How can we make that jump of what are those idols? You briefly mm-hmm. touched on it, yeah. but how do we unpack and explain it to really every every day? Joe, FBC, are here. Yeah, we all have idols. Yeah. What well, What does an idol look like in our lives, and how do we personalize it to? then feel that wow there's work to be done I, I i need to i need to look carefully and is god first and foremost in my life that's the right. bottom line
2: yeah yeah it's when those things that pull our hearts and away from the lord and we can see that <clears throat> luke um it records this and like paul in this message he's he hits there, um, and my my Bible had this um, study note about the three greatest intellectual issues that, that he hit of the day, which is the question of life, motion, and matter. And so he answers that question in 27 and 28 um, with that, um, <clears throat> yet he's actually not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and we have our being. And um, so he's he's showing that these questions that they're wrestling with the the answer like the bible christianity has the resources to answer these life these big huge life questions of what the meaning of it all is and so i thinking about that application of we're not immune to idolatry either and those philosophies permeate our everyday world they're like they're still here they're coming at us every day and our world doesn't really think much about um truth like absolute truth and meaning it's more living in the here and the now and uh the experience of the moment and and then also self-sufficiency mm-hmm. and and just be who you're going to be and all of the messages. And, and so I would, you know, I was thinking, how is that affecting my thinking and, and just breaking things down in my world and how am I trying to figure things out on my own, you know, and making sense of my identity and my purpose, or even like, how am I going to figure this out? You know, it's just, it's all very self-focused instead of God focused. And so Those little, um, those little pulls just, it's this gradual pulling away that is very seductive that I don't, I don't even think we even recognize. And so we need a message like this that just like Paul spoke to their intellectual issues of the day. um, He went straight to the heart there. We need that as well, like, because we are not immune to Idolatry in our hearts.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, I quoted that Paul trip, uh, little quote that, what idolatry? The concept, the word used, you know, in the Old Testament, idolatry, that was the drifting away from God. In the mm-hmm. New Testament, it's this idea of one's heart's desires, mm-hmm. it, it is that drift away from God. And so, um, it, it, there's nothing new under under the sun, and it does come down to to self a self-focus, a self-reliance. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that's really what idolatry entails. It, 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 you encapsulate the whole concept, a broad concept of idolatry by saying, well, I, I quote Brad Big, Me, but anything that detracts from my, in a sense, worship from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the only other yeah. option is the worship of me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like those are the only two. Right. And so whenever we get into that self-focus, so now we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it ultimately to honor God and out of reverence for him and who he is? Or is it to better myself? Mm-hmm. So now people should be forced to, to question, at least ask that question. So I, um, you take a situation where, um, let, let's just take a, a, a marriage situation where uh, um, let's say a, a husband has, has treated his wife so poorly over the years she finally leaves. And, uh, you know, uh, he now comes to his senses, so so to speak, and his whole life is now wrapped around how I can win her back. Hmm. Well, that sounds good, but that's idolatrous Mm -hmm. because bottom line is he wants what he wants. He wants his wife back. He doesn't like the mess that he's mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. He wants that situation resolved, even though he knows he committed, so I'm gonna change and all that stuff. And he's going to, No, the question is, what is what is my relationship with God? How, how do I need to restore and repair this, mm-hmm. and not focus, and we get so occupied with this, or that loss of job? It's, okay, where, where am I gonna find work, and what mm-hmm. what should I do? And, and And all of a sudden, that grabs our attention, or it's raising the kids, or it's doing this, And it's not that we keep, you know, that we're so er uh, heavily minded that we're no earthly good, as some Mm -hmm. people say, you know, our heads are in the clouds always saying, God, 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 God. Mm -hmm. No, but it's keeping that right perspective Mm -hmm. and it can be adrift again. Mm -hmm. So in his presence Mm -hmm. is fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. There's peace, there's joy, there's contentment in his presence. And if I find something else stirring within me, I must be focusing on that mm-hmm. to the exclusion of resting in Him, and and I re- I can only rest in Him if I know who He is, mm-hmm. and His transcendence, and His imminence. Again, I think that's where where Paul was going, and the applications for us then are on the. the where's God in of, this?
2: And yes. the application of repentance, like we repentance. I think you even mentioned in your services, in sermon is changing your thinking. Like we need to be repenting, and that may be. Throughout the day, Lord, forgive me for misplacing my trust, for not believing in you. Um, and that's I, 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 think you know there is the ultimate, the first of repentance of just repenting and believing. But it, there repentance is a way of uh, part of our sanctification, where God works, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and yeah. helps us. <laughs> in fact,
0: you can find very little if any, concepts of repentance for eternal Mm. life. Mm. It's mainly in terms of daily. Right. right. And um, I mean, this is an example where Paul is calling the the pagan Athenians to redirect your thinking, look around you. This Mm -hmm. is nothing. Mm -hmm. God doesn't live in temples made with hands. He's trying to give them truth so that they'll wake up in a s in through the power of the Holy Spirit, and redirect their thinking. You've got to change your mind on this mm-hmm. stuff. Repent and, but those examples that you're giving of our personal application today of
1: family, marriage, jobs, children—they're all good things, yes, right. But so easily they can distract us. So easily they can draw us away from god draw us away from our focus on what is the big picture what is the that's right what's the perspective of life what's the
0: most important what's the most important perspective Mm -hmm. i you know i i I, I will certainly be stepping on a lot of toes maybe who hear this uh, podcast but you take the whole thing of parenting again and we drive sometimes our children uh to accomplish this and so they can get into the best school or they'll pursue this academically or they're, you won't, you know, you're paying buku bucks every month for this athletic event and going here and going there and all this stuff. And they ever stop and think, is this what God wants for my life? Is this what God wants for my kids? Maybe it is. But if we don't stop and ask that question, it becomes all consuming. And what is consuming? I want best for my kids. And really I want, what's best for me because it's going to be vicariously lit out through my kids right. and if they can get that scholarship and we got to do this and we got to do that now i again i'm not trying to raise a monument to mediocrity i'm just saying god has to be the mm-hmm. primary focus and we run should run everything through that grid of our relationship with him because the prophet said it his ways are not our ways yeah. he's past finding out and we track and and lay out our track of life this way, which oftentimes, if ninety percent of the time, is not according to the way the world would do it. Mm-hmm. And that's spot on. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Oh, we're and all I'm guilty looking of it. back, and
1: my kids are 18 and 21 now, and I'm not. I'm doing a little bit of course correcting yeah. as best I can because I see the results of some of that drive of yes, get the good grades, yes be a good student. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Pursue those things all of yeah. the world. And there's nothing wrong. No. But all with the proper perspectives. That's and right. And so now as my and kids are getting it more of adulthood, it's it's that's more of my comments if I that's if right. there's anything I can do. Yes. Yeah.
2: And sometimes um we can want God to be really loud and how he wants to direct us and speak to us and the
0: handwriting on the wall. Yes, the handwriting Give it on to the wall
2: right. But I <laughs> I was reading in First Kings this morning and this spoke to me because uh this is after Elijah he um after he um praise down God brings fire and the bales Mount are and, thing. yeah yeah and you know all everybody's killed and all that but so hes this is when he's in the cave and he's he's hiding away and God sends the earthquake and the fire and all of the you know the loud stuff but that's not what how how he heard the Lord it says uh, and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So it's this, the the Lord um, was speaking to him intimately in a whisper and Elijah heard him. And so um, sometimes the loud and, you know, big obvious things in life can, you know, they're not what we need to be listening for. We need to be listening for the still small voice, that whisper where, the Lord, um, where our hearts are quieted and we can hear from Him and ultimately that's through His Word and through the Holy Spirit um, speaking to us through God's Word, but um, especially in today's, it's just like when you were talking and I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I can so relate to just how busy it is <laughs> and um, just to step back and quiet ourselves before the Lord and ask him to reveal the idols in our heart that we may not even that's like
0: ex- <laughs> be that's exactly aware right. of. And that, and that would have been a great thing to have said in terms of application. It should have been said, but that's exactly right. At least if you do nothing else, you leave this worship center, you walk out of here, and at least spend some time, some time today, this week, and say, Lord, I'm going to assume that there's somewhere, mm-hmm. area of my life, that I've, 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 I'm a little godder. Yeah. as opposed to the big God mm-hmm. or right. in my life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that is. So would you reveal to me where I've got some idolatrous thoughts? Reveal that to me and let the Holy Spirit then take over. At least yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Second big takeaway,
1: if we can circle back to your comment about judgment. Oh, yeah. And and where Paul took that mm-hmm. um, with the, the people from Athens telling me, hey, everyone, look, this is going to happen. Um. You, you rocked the microphone a little bit, you know, by, <laughs> by attempting to repeat what Paul shared from the pulpit. I, yeah. I kind of noticed that there is an intentional method of saying there's a God of this universe. He sent his son. He died. There will be judgment. You, you really kind of came back and summarized what Paul did to us as a mm-hmm. congregation and saying, you know, if you love other people, you will tell them about this judgment, and yeah. I, I think that is even shocking of itself because you don't want to rock the boat in yeah. how you build bridges with people and how you, you know, come with them with love. But there is a time and a place where they need to be confronted yeah. with who God is.
0: And I, and again, that jumped out at me. Isn't it interesting that that's where Paul ended up? He mm-hmm. talked about because, and he says because God has fixed a day that there is going to be judgment. Uh, and I, I just. I, I think what maybe was stirring in me, because I certainly didn't expect to be that emotional about it, but I think what was stirring in me is that, that I, I just don't know if people like to talk about the holiness of God mm-hmm. and and the fact that we are, are going to be accountable to him. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we have a mindset that we just want to hear about God's love, his grace, his gentleness, his kindness, you know, it's a kindness of God that leads to repentance. And and all of that is true. Mm-hmm. But Peter reminds us in First Peter chapter 1, if you address his father, the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, our father, and he's going to impartially judge each man's work, well, that doesn't seem like a very grace-filled message. And he says, then conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Mm-hmm. Conduct yourselves with fear. And that's more than just reverential fear. I mean, there there is a sense of holy dread. I think Martin Luther talked about that. Um, but a sense of a, an awareness of who God is. I, Paul, again, in that Athenian message, he is the creator of the universe. He has made you. And, um, um, and because of that, he has the right to judge us, to fix a day mm-hmm. that we will be held accountable. And I think even in the in the Christian audience that's out there, um, we don't necessarily like to hear about a God who judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand that, but it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand and, the full counsel of God, understand all of who
1: he is. That's yeah. right. And you can't just rest in one little facet of it. And you can fall into a ditch by... Th- by maybe emphasizing too much of the judgment and we're living in fear oh, yeah, worry and anxiety you can, yeah. and you need to hear the story yeah. of love which and grace. I don't think
0: at Fellowship Bible Church we're ever no. in danger <laughs> no, of doing we're that. not
1: but but there are those camps and church circles where you know, oh, they and need that message, and you walk
0: somewhere. out of a church service feeling like you're beaten up every week. Right, I've heard that many times from people yeah. who yeah. have come but there's, here there's from other digits, churches, and, but to have the
1: full understanding of the total totality right. of God yeah. and His character. Right. is important. Yes, and you can't
0: cover the full character of God in one Sunday. <laughs> so, and there's I think a lot balances of, of that. that. But and I think a lot of people, I, my inclination. If, if I had never read Acts before and I'm reading it for the first time, the story of Paul and Athens and and, he, and he's talking about, you know, the creator and he's made us and we're in his image, you know, and all this, and that his conclusion would have been something about, and he loves you mm-hmm. and he gave his son to mm-hmm. die for you mm-hmm. and you, this is a God who cares for you mm-hmm. and, he, you know, all this, that's not where he went. Mm-hmm. He went okay. to a God who judges. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you've got to you've got to hear the bad news <laughs> yeah, to appreciate right. the good news, that's
1: right? right. Yeah. yeah, and you balance that in the end because you did come back to the love and the grace of God. You know, even yeah, after it was there kind was of maybe
0: that. a th- maybe it was a throwaway comment. But, uh, and, uh, I mean, I don't script out this stuff, but yeah. it, it, maybe I was looking at the people's shocked faces, uh, you know, <laughs> out in the out in the audience. <laughs> um, I think it's okay, and I know it's okay to wrestle. With a God who judges, even as mm-hmm. believers, we yeah. stand before the judgment sure. seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it does say in Second in Corinthians five ten that, um, and we have to give an account for things we've done here on earth, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. There is something mm-hmm. of an accounting that mm-hmm. will that will um, we will stand before the righteous judge, yeah. and our e- eternity and how we're going to serve the King in the age to come is based on. Our faithful service to Him here, and and I I think it's a terrible disservice to the body of Christ mm. when we don't preach the doctrines of rewards, the, mm. the 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 understanding of these things that is all over in the scriptures, mm-hmm. but we just oftentimes don't want to go there. We we just want to, you know, have people trust Christ as their Savior and and then grow in their faith and love Him without having to talk about consequences if we don't. Yeah. And
2: I think it was really honestly brilliant on how Paul just put this message together. Obviously it was Holy Spirit inspired, but just the fact that he he started with with God being the creator and he talked about the attributes of God and then in addressing their unknown god, he's he's bringing attention to the invisible the invisible God made visible through Christ but that that Christ is going to judge one day mm-hmm. and so there's you know he he brought the whole picture mm-hmm. really from from beginning to end and that's like that's what they needed to hear right. and, and that's he, what we need to hear and he
0: tied it up with the resurrection of Jesus he was yes. talking about the resurrection yes. in the mm-hmm. in the marketplace mm-hmm. Jesus you know the resurrection mm-hmm. yep. and he came back to that yeah
1: yep. Yep. and all in the context of this idol to an unknown god that's right and and also is that that the brilliance of that this is again one of my favorite passages too because just the context of the scene is just and and again
0: so uh, another whole line of application and thinking (laughs) should be and 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 we need to wrestle with that And hopefully small groups are doing it with that a little bit as well but it's just so how can i contextualize how can i what's the common ground as I engage people without compromising yep. the message mm-hmm. of who God is, yep. what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the day to come mm-hmm. and who Jesus is, but, 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 find that common ground. Speaking of mm-hmm.
1: truth, that's relatable and understandable. Yeah. And, but truth-based. Yeah. And you got to make a decision.
0: And, and then yeah. the other thing is, you know, some people may look at this Athenian address of Paul's and say, you know, he really blew it. Uh, he should talked uh, Judgment is not, a topic that is going to be endearing to people. It's not going to draw people in. Mm. You should have talked about those because mm. look at the results. Mm. Dionysius not many. and Damaris. Right. I mean, not many. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, but that didn't, hmm. it's, I, I don't know. We, we can't get caught up in the numbers thing mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. This is the message that Paul had that God placed on Paul to share. He stood up, he spoke it and, uh, with boldness and, um, and let the chips fall where the may. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to open people's hearts. Yeah. Right. He could have come out with the most sweetest, loving <laughs> message. Yeah. And Dionysius still would have been the only one. And Damaris mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a few right. others. No letter is written to the Athenian church. There's no letter from the Apostle Paul. We don't know what happened after mm-hmm. this. It's close to Corinth. And he writes it two, th- put th- three letters right. to co- the Corinthian church. It was probably shared maybe with the believers in Athens, but we don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um... Well, you, it's you just, God
1: that opens hearts. I mean, look at Jonah going to Nineveh, and he almost says a similar message: "Yes, right. repent." And what happened? The whole place. I know, yeah, repent. Right. I mean, Athens could have done that, and they that's didn't. Exactly do it, right. You know. Yeah. Well, and
2: don't forget about <laughs> the, right. those those few in the synagogue that he spoke to. Yeah. We don't know what was the fruit of that. We like, don't
0: know. We, heaven so, is going to be fun because is. we're going to we're going to see it hear the rest of the story yeah. one yeah. day, yeah. but yeah. something happened. You got to believe this. This Dionysius, who was an Areopagite, I mean, he was he was a bigwig there in Athens. Uh, you know, who knows what might have happened, mm-hmm. and Demaris, and, yep. Damaris and, and mm-hmm. we, we don't know. It, mm-hmm. The story is yeah. left there, um, but well, oh, we're called to be faithful.
1: That's I it. Get to heaven one day, and we'll go interview people would be kind of kind That's of right. Kind of fun. cool. Yeah. yeah, We have we probably have so much more we could be talking about here, but let's wrap it up. I mean, just the whole history is so cool mm-hmm. and fascinating of Athens and Plato and Aristotle and Socrates and Paul is in the same grounds. Yeah. You
0: know? And let me throw one other yep. thing in terms of an application yep. because I think he'd been to Philippi. What happened to him there? Thrown in a prison. Yep. <laughs> yes. Goes to Bria. There's good things and then they a out of town. Mm-hmm. Or Thessalonica. You know, they're, they're, they were opposed and all that. He gets on a ship by himself, or well, the friends from Berea, and then they leave, and he's there, and and he said, oh, man, this, he could have said, this is what I needed. I just need a, a quiet next few weeks. Vacation. A month mm-hmm. or two, just it to happens. get away from the sure. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have been so beat up. I am still looking at my wounds from that. He doesn't. Mm. He goes to the synagogue. Mm. Mm. He walks the agora, the marketplace, mm. yeah. and he encounters. He, mm. he just...
2: He's a man on a mission.
0: He is a man on a mission, <laughs> and every believer should have kind of that same. I think yeah. that wherever we are, let's be a prepared f- to give a defense for the hope. Well, and we're gonna us.
2: see next week. Like he even picks up a trade, and it's got a little gig on the side, you know. And so, like Paul's, he's he he understands how to connect with people yes, for does. sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a brilliant mind, and he engaged it, and we saw it there in Athens. Um, yeah, it's a Great story. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, thank you guys for being here.
1: I I mean, it's exciting to be back talking with you guys. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks for Mm -hmm. me. But there is still a lot going on at FBC. We have been hearing a little bit of stories from the family camp that went on, Um, hearing really great, positive things from North Dakota. Mm -hmm. So we'll be presenting those over the weeks to come.
2: FBC or uh, the um, VBS. VBS VBS is happening happening this week, week. So please be praying. Yep for the volunteers and all those precious kids it is uh, it is a delight yep. to uh, see them coming in in the morning and just their faces they are so ready for the day and it's it's just
1: neat to see early numbers had... were almost 400 we're pushing <sighs> pushing that yeah. um, that's awesome which is and you'll be so heading cool.
0: up with the sant myers and avery's yeah. to vinyl haven going to Maine, Maine in a week and a half talking about building bridges building how, bridges what we there. did here how yep. those ideas can transfer there
1: yep excited about that just Partnering with that church up there. And um, yeah, just sharing a little bit about, like you said, this building bridges concepts because it's a mission field in any community. And so, how can we just share what we learned here? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other missions team, summer uh, trip going to Zambia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, coming up here around the corner in a couple of weeks. So, and a uh, month of July, uh, Caleb's going to.
0: Yeah, preach a couple times Tim will be in the pulpit a few times so and next
1: time you're coming around the block is uh for in August weeks. okay yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah well thanks for being here I'll, happy summer I'll be around <laughs> being around
1: enjoy your break from... enjoy the break from us here yeah, in the Sermon from... spot. well I was going right? to say yes, yes. enjoy the
0: break from me <laughs> from the pulpit we will we will yes I. Th- but that's why I thought I had to do one final pulpit pounding there yeah. you go get the good <laughs> one out there you didn't say the good
1: night though you could have yeah, well. been there yeah <laughs> Um, And then just keep on your calendars at August 18th, partner with Parenting Summit. Um, We're just calling a Parent Summit, but just uh, put that on your calendars. It's going to be a, a good time for anyone who's a parent. Well, thank you guys again. The fact of the matter is that sermons are not meant just to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.